expressed on the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. This is Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are just outside of Seattle in Bellevue, Washington. It's a gorgeous, beautiful day. It's probably about 70 degrees outside. Is that true, Tom? Is it about 70? Uh, yeah, it was like the highs were in the mid-70s today. Yeah, it's gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous today. Absolutely gorgeous. When you're in Washington State and we have weather like this, you never want to go anywhere else. Yeah, it's stunning true. here with lakes and the moon is full tomorrow, so it, was, it looked oh. full last night, just glistering um, upon the lake when I drove well, back from class. We've got the uh, the full moon chart there on the wall. Yeah. Oh, it nice. It shows you all the positions from the there space show, guys. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> I want to thank all the listeners and people who attended the class last night. I taught at the Residence in Marriott in Seattle on Meet Your Spirit Guides, and I enjoyed everyone, as always, immensely, and learn a lot in every class that I teach. So thank you so much for coming to the class if you were there, and thank you for listening to the show. Um, tonight, we're having Dr. Robin DePasquale in-house, so she'll be answering your questions. She is a naturopathic medicine physician. Um, she um, chaired the botanical medicine program at Bastyr University for 13 years, administered the herbal and naturopathic program taught naturopaths at Bastyr as well, and is a graduate of Bastyr University. She now lives in Madison, Wisconsin, but it, fortunately enough, she's back in town teaching at Bastyr and the University of Washington for the summer, and we are fortunate enough to have her on the show to answer people's questions, and so welcome, Robin. Thank you, Marie. I'm glad to be here again. Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful to have you here in Seattle and, you know, on the show and all of those wonderful things. So just bring it a little bit closer. There you go. There. Okay, now I can hear you better. (laughs) Um, So tonight we're going to talk about teenagers, actually, and we're going to talk about teenagers' health. But as always, if you have a question, you can call in and we'll be happy to, you know, Robin will answer any question you have and I'll give my energy medicine um, portion of it. So, But we're going to focus a little bit on teenagers. It was something that Robin and I were discussing a few nights ago and thought it would be a great idea. Um, we haven't discussed it on the show as of yet, and so I'm just grateful that you were interested in having that conversation as well. And I know I'm um, talking with my daughters, you know, one of the things that's probably big on teenagers' minds and parents is the new Gardasil HPV vaccine. And so we're going to talk about that tonight, too. And there's a whole array of issues that teenagers face in their transition between child, being a child and being an adult. And we want to talk also to the parents about how they can be the most supportive parents they can be in that transition. Absolutely, because we're talking about driving and sex and drinking and you know going to college and having some of those unusual experiences like the whole drinking situation that sometimes is found in universities. So we're going to give advice. And of course, um, please feel free to call the show um, at any time. So Robin, what are your thoughts about the Gardasil um, vaccine for the virus HPV? Well, the Gardasil has come out and been highly, highly promoted amongst the teen population through the schools, which I find a bit disturbing. I don't think that the schools should be dictating or even recommending what people should be doing medically. This is something that's between them and their family and their family doctors. 
And what's happened now is that the Gardasil has come out without the number of clinical trials that I think shows its safety or its efficacy. Mm -hmm. And because HPV is a virus, it's constantly mutating. Absolutely. And we don't know if this vaccine is actually effective on the mutation of what that virus has done current time because it's the vaccine is created. It takes a long time between its creation and it going on the market. And by then, we have a completely different strain of the virus. Absolutely. And, and a large percentage of the population has HPV. I mean, some, somewhere in the 60 to 70 percent. I think even higher. I wow. think we're up between 80 and 90 right now. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, of course, the commercials and all the information we hear is that it's to prevent cervical cancer. Um, but we don't even know for sure is if HPV well, we know it's not the lone contributor to cervical cancer. There could be numerous reasons why a person develops cervical cancer. But it's kind of being, you know, talked about and broadcast about is, you know, if you get this vaccine, you're not going to have to worry about cervical cancer because HPV is the cause. And, and that's not really true. Yeah, I also think it's misleading because the one way to prevent HPV transmission or any sexually disease transmission is through safer sex. And by vaccinating our girls, we're telling them or giving them permission to not protect themselves with barrier method condom use, whether it's male or female condoms. Mm -hmm. And this is not a good practice to educate our, our, our teenagers about, our young people about. They need to be as protective as possible, especially because in, um, I'd say in the current time, most teens are going to practice sexual activity with more than one partner in their lifetime. And if they're not protecting themselves through the barrier method, they're going to be contracting and sharing a lot of organisms back and forth throughout many years. Right. That's absolutely true. I know um, Christine Northup has spoken up against the vaccine as well. And um, she spoke about some of the potential harm that may come from the vaccine. Um, I believe there is some aluminum that's used actually in the creation of this vaccine. Well, they use metals to preserve the vaccine, mm. whether it's mercury or aluminum, and then those metals stay in the body and accumulate. And so we know that toxic metals actually are contributing factors, factors to nutritional deficiencies, food allergies, <clears throat> to hormone challenges and changes and imbalances, as well as the heavy metal um, contribution. Mm. Oh. That's okay. Yeah, if it comes to you, great. Yeah. <laughs> no, so so there's metals in vaccine preparation, and so that's another reason. Oh, I know. To yeah. behavior, to behavior oh, conditions. Oh, that's true. Yes. And so we're looking even at the contribution of the metals in vaccines to ADD and ADHD. Right, and other, you know, and then we can go all the way back to younger children if we wanted to and talk about vaccines as well. Um, but that would be a whole nother show. That's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It absolutely is. So tonight we're talking about um, our teenagers and some of the health issues that actually face them and, on, of course, their family members. And we have Dr. Robin Pasquale here, thankfully. Thank you so much, Robin, for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course, and the radio station. And we're we're going to go ahead and go to the phone calls because we've got some callers already. Who do we have, Tom? We've got uh, Carol on the line right now calling from Charleston, Oregon. Great. Hi, Carol. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. What can we do for you tonight? Well, I talked to you two weeks ago. Okay. I asked you about um, a snoring problem that I have. And I asked you to call back. You did. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> go ahead and, and share your problem and then Robin can um, let you know what she thinks about it. 
I have snored my entire life. I've had various surgeries, and um, I was on a CPAP machine for a couple years. Nothing seems to work in the long term. So that is why I was wondering what the (laughs) emotional reason for my snoring is, thinking that it's the root problem for a lot of other problems I'm having. Mm, That's a good question. So what are your thoughts on this, Robin? Well, many people snore based on having some kind of obstruction in the respiratory tract. And as you said, Carol, you've had surgeries which can correct a physical obstruction, and using the CPAP machine can intervene in what many people consider a contributing problem to snoring, which is sleep apnea, not having enough oxygen while infusing your body while you're asleep. Right. So if you've got no resolution from actually removing any kind of physical obstacle or obstruction and by giving yourself more oxygen through the CPAP machine, the next step would probably be to evaluate whether or not you're having some kind of immune response to food or environmental allergies. Mm -hmm. And so this is usually done through either blood tests or with foods, we do what's called the elimination challenge, where you actually go on a very restrictive restricted diet, almost like a detox diet, for at least one month, four to six weeks. And then you begin to introduce foods back in one at a time, and you want to notice whether or not your snoring changes during the four to six weeks that you're completely on the detox diet. And then once you begin to initiate adding the foods back in, you only add one food every three days to see whether or not your symptoms return. You know, that makes total sense because, Carol, you said this began in childhood. Right. And a lot of food allergies, you know, can begin in childhood. And in your case, unfortunately, it's continued, if indeed that's what's going on, all of your life. That sounds fantastic. There could also be respiratory or environmental allergies, and those are less easy to detect unless you do some kind of either blood IgE test or the prick test on Mm. the arm where you can see what you're reacting to what we call an immediate hypersensitivity reaction. Mm-hmm. So you would need to talk to your doctor about whether they can do an IgE allergy test for environmental allergies and rule those out. And then they could do an IgG test for the food, but you could also do the elimination challenge if you didn't want to do the blood test. Yeah, the elimination challenge sounds like this. Best bet I, have. I agree. I, I, I think it sounds fun for you, too, because you get to kind of figure out as you go along and learn more about your body. Uh-huh. Carol, um, when you were um, a young child, do you remember any emotional um, situations regarding going to bed at night, starting you know, really early in life, mm. before the age of five? Okay. Well, it may be something to ask your siblings or your parents, although, and I mean no disrespect to your parents, I'm not sure that they would have noticed mm-hmm. or, you know, noticed that there was a problem or paid attention to it. But I think there is an emotional component, which is interesting. You actually said that when you asked your question, and it, it, it alerted me. And, uh, yeah, I, I do think there's an emotional component to, to that. Uh, yeah, I think there is, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there is, too, Carol. So you can separate out the physical components from the emotional components, but they both need to be addressed. So with the physical, if you are going to look at elimination challenge, I think it's called that for two reasons. You're challenging the foods you've taken out, but it's also very challenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you you might need some support. You can actually look up online, Google in elimination challenge diet, see what comes up. 
and see if there's any practitioners of nutrition or naturopathic medicine in your area, um, okay. here in Oregon, to see if they can help guide you through that because it is difficult and it really is restrictive in the foods that you can use during that elimination time. Mm-hmm. And, and then what I would look at is some abandonment issues. Um, you know, maybe start thinking about what you're feeling before you head off to bed at night. Um, and I, maybe even do some meditation prior to an hour before your sleep time to, and mm-hmm. asking the question, is there something that I'm worried about or feel uncomfortable about? What are my emotions right at this moment? Because clearly the emotions are still there, even though, you know, we're not, you're not three any longer, because that's really the age where I'm stuck at when I go to three. So that may give you some insight. And then if indeed it is something like an abandonment issue, because I actually get a picture. Um, are, are you younger in the family? No, I was the oldest of three uh, girls. Okay. So if you were the oldest, it could be that your parents spent time with the younger children and you had to kind of fend for yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that can that can be kind In of feel fact, sad. In fact, con- I was always um, made responsible for anything that went wrong because I was the oldest. Ah, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I meant that sarcastically, of course. Yeah. Oh, yes. So I think it would be, I, I think you're on a journey here. I believe like within the next mm, 60 days, you're going to have some good resolution to this problem. And what I would do is start actually appreciating your snoring because things come up in our lives to bring us awareness, you know, so the snoring has been a- around for a long time to help you become aware of perhaps some food allergies and also an emotional component. And when we can begin to appreciate the things that really drive us the most nuts or crazy or irritate us, then that's when we can get the gifts from them because oh, everything's bringing yeah. a gift. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, here you get to the challenge, appreciate, and then feel your emotion. You're going to be a busy gal. Yes, <laughs> I am. Thank you so much for calling in. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes, and thank you, Robin. That was great. Thank Thanks, you. Robin. Thank you, Carol, for calling in. Thank you. Good evening. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Okay, so um, so that, that was an interesting thing. I had not thought about food allergies with snoring, because certainly when I worked in the hospital, that was a common thing that we f- discovered that our, many of our patients would have sleep apnea, right? And so we have all these CPAP machines. And, and for those of you who don't know what a CPAP machine is, it's a machine that actually forces <laughs> oxygen down the nasal passageway so that people can get the restorative sleep that they need. A lot of people who have sleep apnea or perhaps some challenging problems with sleep wake up numerous times, even if they're not fully awake and they don't get recuperative sleep. Um, but I had never thought about food allergies. That That's very interesting. Yeah, I think most of the things that we deal with medically go back to our food. Mm. And when we talk about using food as medicine, it also means removing the things that are not going to support us or not be nutritive to us. Wow. I I love what you said because I know it's true. I I know that the healthier my diet is, the healthier my body feels. I even notice my posture changing, my sleep pattern changes. Um, So that's wonderful. And your degree of energy and fatigue changes because your sleep also changes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So, Tom, why don't we go ahead and go to our next phone call? Okay, we've got Christine calling from Woodenville, Washington. Hi, Christine. Hi. How Hi, are you? Christine. Hi, Robin. Oh, I'm hanging in there. I've got some medical issues that I wanted to ask you about. Go right ahead. Well, um, for quite some time now, I've been feeling terribly exhausted and nauseous. And I've gone to numerous doctors, and nobody can figure anything out. All my blood tests come back negative. Um, And I have some um, chronic pain in my pelvis area that has been going on. 
Um, so I'm just wondering if you sense or see anything. Do you want to go ahead, Robin, with that, or what would you like? Okay. Um, Christine, I'll start by saying that this exhausted feeling yeah. is something that I find more and more people are beginning to report and complain of, and even at much younger ages. Well, I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm 45. Well, 45 is an age where exhaustion can set in, but I'm talking even about people in their 30s and 20s are starting to complain of exhaustion when really they don't have a, a concrete reason for that. But the fact that you're 45 and you're having exhaustion tells me that, number one, there might be some body burden that you're carrying, toxic levels of things. And I hate to sound like an environmental doc here, but we live in a world that's not very clean. Right. So we carry body burden. And here's really the story of what happens is we take in toxins into our body. We usually have the ability to eliminate them through our organs of elimination. So our lungs, our colon, our kidney, our skin, our liver, those are the main organs we eliminate through. But if those organs are not working optimally, we hold on to that body burden of toxins, and it begins to work its way inside the cell. And eventually, when it gets inside the cell, it can affect the mitochondria, which is our mm -hmm. power maker of the cell. It makes ATP, which is our energy. And mitochondria? Mitochondria. Mitochondria. Okay. Little, little cute things in the cell that help break down toxins. They're adorable. But no, they help make energy. And so they get shut off because there's a lot of toxicity around them. And then we're not making enough energy, so we get exhausted but it's often at a cellular level. The other contributing factor for you at 45 may be perimenopause. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm postmenopausal, but it, it started early at, at uh, 42 or 43. So. Oh, is that in your family then? No, not, no, not at all. My oh. um, periods just stopped immediately, and I haven't had a period in a, uh, over a year. Well, that's really interesting. And yeah. it went by fairly quickly, because me menopause can move out through several years, not just right. two or and three I've years. I've not had any symptoms huh. either. Oh, so that's interesting. I just, I feel like there's something just really odd going on inside me, and I just can't, mm -hmm. my body can't get a grip on it. Yeah, and you said all of the blood tests came back negative, and many times the blood tests that are looked at by your medical doctor are not that extensive. It's just a basic complete blood count and chemistry panel, and right. it may be important for you to actually have your adrenals evaluated, and if you have been under a lot of stress in your life, your adrenals would play a part in this early menopause as well. Mm -hmm. So your ovaries have shut down, your adrenals have had to take over, and they couldn't pick up the they couldn't pick up the task. Mm -hmm. Well, I he, I did have a very good doctor that did check my adrenals blood-wise, but now I'm having MRIs done and CAT scans and everything. Yeah, um, I, I don't think they're going to show much personally. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I don't think. You'll have to let me know, but I don't see that. Here, Here's what I'm getting emotionally, and I agree. Those adrenals are just exhausted, you know, because yeah. they're not getting supported. Your um, endocrine system isn't fully functioning, so there's very little support. Um, I think you have a lot of emotional pain, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the emotional pain hasn't been resolved, 
And it's, you know, it's been building and building for years. And then unfortunately, or, for, you know, fortunately, because, you know, there's a blessing in everything, right? The stagnant energy then has moved into tissues and cells and then, you know, causing some organ dysfunction, if you will, or at least immune deficiency dysfunction. So what is your emotional pain? Oh, my God. <laughs> Long list, I don't huh? know if I want to discuss it live you on the you, air. You absolutely don't have to. You know, that that's a private thing. You can keep it to yourself. I have a pretty good idea what it is anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so what I would recommend that you do is start feeling it. Because when you don't feel your emotional pain, it, it gets stuck in your body. You know, I believe that all dis-ease... Uh, in my opinion, um, comes from our emotions. I truly do. That's just how mm -hmm. I, what I believe in. And so you, even if you journal, um, you know, talk about it to your friends, your cat, a rock, <laughs> you know, yeah. anything to start the dialogue so that you can start to release the stagnant energy, I think you'll begin to notice some effects. And then maybe physicians can find out where to start, so to speak. Well, I have been trying to do that. I've been, I mean, it seems like I've been on a journey for a while and I mean lately I've been just trying to embrace it right embrace the pain mm -hmm. I mean it's very difficult when you're in pain right um, but yeah it's just it's really hard for me to believe that so much physical pain can be caused by emotional it's, pain it's actually a very common um, experience that I've, I've had with patients it's where I go when I have someone who comes to me complaining of chronic pain and and their doctors don't know what to do for them and haven't been able to help them it's the first place I go so this is very common it may feel weird or unusual just because we haven't learned that perhaps in Western medicine but um, many many holistic and naturopathic physicians agree with this as well yeah, and I think the nausea could also be triggered by the chronic pain because your body's just sick of it. <laughs> well, yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, it, maybe so. I don't. I don't know. I. It goes back and forth. I have the pain and then the nausea, and um, I sound like a real um, head case. No, but. you don't. Not at <laughs> all. Absolutely not. You are a, a very strong woman. You have gone through a lot in your life. Yeah. I, I know yes, how strong you, you are. You are absolutely right. Yes, I have. You have. Um, and, and and you need to stop being so strong. It's okay to fall apart. It's okay to cry your eyes out. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be angry. What, whatever the emotions are that you need to feel, it, it's like you need to stop, you know, trying yeah. to hold it up all inside and take care of whomever you're taking care of and, and let yourself be the needy one for a little while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I can I ask you one other question? Sure. Um, would this have anything to do with my um, left side being stronger than my right side? I have minor cerebral palsy. Hmm. So would the pain have anything to do with that? Hmm. Well, if you're... If the pain is all on my left side. Oh, right. It, go ahead, Robin. Well, if, you're, if your muscular system is having to hold things up in an uneven way... Yeah. All you my can life, fatigue the that side way. that's strong, and then it becomes weak, too. Absolutely. And the left-hand side of the body is the feminine aspect in energy medicine. Mm. And it's the feminine side that's all about receiving, taking in, letting people nurture you, <laughs> being vulnerable, you know, allowing yeah. yourself to emote or express. And so I'm not surprised that that's indeed happening. That's just more validation about the emotional component. And what people don't always understand is that when you allow the emotional component to release, like feel your emotions, then medicines and food and all the other things that you want to consume in your body to help you have a better effect. 
it's almost like there's a barrier when a, when pers- when people are holding in the stagnant energy, things can't get through. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions on just? I have one. Give su- myself up and yeah, be Chris- vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, Christine. I actually have one suggestion. Marie and I have been talking about this the past few days. Is that when we have people who have chronic conditions like this and they're worn out from it, one of the best things they can choose to do is go off to a spa for a week or two weeks that they're going to get fed healthy food, they're going to get massaged while they're there, they're going to get detoxed because they're going to be doing a lot of walking. There's usually contemplative time when you go to these kind of Your family's spas. not there. No family. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. emotional issues have room to breathe and to vent themselves and come out. And some of these spa or um, detox centers often have counselors that can help you work through your stuff as well. Do you have any recommendations on spas in the area, good spas? I, I actually don't. Um, Robin and I just kind of thought about this a couple of days ago. We, we were, need to start one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a good, and then we're going to go there every week yeah. ourselves. <laughs> I do have a recommendation, though, on how to start seeking it out. Okay. The um, Chopra Center, the Deepak Chopra oh, Center, yes, yeah. can be a link to find out whether there's anything that's like that in our area. Okay. Great okay. idea. And we wish you the best of luck, and you already feel lighter to me. Yeah, oh, you do. You, you feel light. Yeah. yeah. So that means you're taking in light. It's moving into the subcutaneous tissues, into your cells. Maybe give your adrenals a little bit of a break and um, allow you to feel a little bit happier, which I hope, of course, reduces your pain. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Marie and Robin. You're Thank welcome. You, Christine. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye bye. So before we go to our next caller, we're going to talk a little bit about um, our teenage. Um, situations that we th- we thought about um, over this last week. And so another thing, because uh, two of my children, one was actually diagnosed, but the other one wasn't with mono. I just knew the second one had it, you know. And what I've noticed is that with my children's friends as well, um, during high school years, freshman year and senior year seem to be, it's kind of a pattern when I notice kids who have mono. And so I was wondering what your thoughts were about that, Robin. Well, mononucleosis is the Epstein-Barr virus related, and so anybody who has mono is going to show up with positive EBV. And this virus triggers the immune system to become active, but there seems to be a stress component as well. And so this transition that teens go through from middle school or junior high to high school or even high school to college seems to have some kind of underlying stress component. And and our teens are pushed really hard right now. They have to jump into adult life without a lot of transition. So if your teens are pushing through, there's a lot of pressure on getting the AP classes, being advanced, getting good grades. The 30-pound backpack. And as well as holding up your social status. Right. Yeah, it's a lot going on. So I think mononucleosis is one way that these teens are actually finding that they get to take a time out. Yeah. Well, that's how I looked at it. More good soups, laying home in bed, you know, I increased their vitamin C and things of that nature and monitored them. But I reminded them that, that they really weren't up to par and they needed to take time out. That's a really good point. Yeah. So the support naturopathically for somebody with mononucleosis is going to be immune support itself to try and get the immune system to be strong enough against the EBV viral load that they're carrying, and then the rest. So in naturopathic medicine, we would use things like echinacea, maybe astragalus, depending on the chronicity of it, 
And vitamin C, vitamin A, zinc, vitamin E, those are some of the main immune pushers that we can work with. Um, And then I think it's just important for people to have a good all-around support multivitamin when they're a teen because their body is changing and growing so much. Rapidly, yes, absolutely. That's a really good point. Wonderful. Well, we will be right back with the Marie Manucherry Show right after this break. Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life will be taught August 16th at the Bellingham Public Library, Fairhaven Branch, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Our lives are a reflection of our beliefs. Beliefs live deep in the human body, and many people have an unconscious connection with their belief system. What would it be like if you discovered what your true beliefs are saying to you, day in, day out? Most human beings have negative beliefs and have no idea what their belief system is telling them day after day. Imagine what it would be like if you discovered what your true beliefs are. And imagine if you could change negative beliefs into positive, empowering beliefs. This class will show you how. This exciting new class has gotten rave reviews, and here's what some class participants are saying. This class is eye-opening. I had no idea what my beliefs were, and now I feel empowered to change them. It was fun to see, and almost humorous, how we can rationalize our beliefs. I appreciated the tools needed to change them. Space is limited. Registration by phone is available at 425-825-5671 or on the web at www.energyintuitive.com. The Marie Manucherry Show is streamed live over the internet. So if you have friends or family members living outside of the Seattle area wanting answers to life's questions, encourage them to listen to the show and to call into the show to talk with Marie. If you are interested in receiving guidance on an issue in your life, call Marie locally at 425-373-5527 or toll free at 1-877-825-8828 for her insight into your situation. The July Reiki Workshop is now full. No need to worry, Marie will teach another Reiki Workshop in November. This two-and-a-half-day transformative workshop is open to all levels of experience and will certify you in Reiki 1, 2, and 3. You will learn how to move energy within the body by practicing on other workshop participants while Marie uses her symbolic sight to provide individual feedback. You will learn detailed information about the chakra system. You will receive attunements that allow you to practice Reiki at the master level and information on the laws that govern professional practice in Washington State. Reiki is still Marie's favorite modality. This is truly a transformative weekend with healing and guided meditation. Enrollment is limited, booklet included. More choices, more topics, more shows. One station. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to Marie Manu Cherry Show. This is Marie Manu Cherry. I'm live tonight in Seattle, so please feel free to call in. We'd love to answer your questions. We are blessed to have Dr. Robin Pasquale in the studio with us. She's a naturopathic physician and um, chaired the botanical medicine department at Bastyr for 13 years and administrated and taught the herbal medicine and naturopathic medicine programs at Bastyr as well. So she now lives in Madison, Wisconsin, so we're so lucky to have her in the studio live taking your questions and answering um, your very most questions. And we actually um, have someone on the phone right now. It probably helps if my mic is up. (laughs) Just my little. (laughs) We do. We've got uh, Eric calling from Redmond, Washington. Great. Hi, Eric. Hi, Marie. Hi, Robin. How are you? Hi, Eric. We're great. How are you? 
Good, good, Marie. I'm glad we had a chance at last night's class to be reacquainted. Oh, yes, I remember who you are. Thank you for coming to the class. Oh, I had a great time, and I always need to reintroduce myself as the guy with the cone sticking a mile. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. And, um, those Many of us have that cone. <laughs> this, is, this is what I hear. And, and Christine, your last caller, happened to be a friend of mine who was supposed to come join us last night, but she wasn't feeling well, so I'm really happy she had a chance to get through to you. Oh, me too. That's yeah, wonderful. Good. So my, my question is this, and I, it's, it's, I, I, I have a funny feeling maybe both of you can chime in on it. And Robin, I was sitting right behind you last night at the class. Okay. As um, I squirmed around in my seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and that's funny that you mentioned that because um, what my question is, um, uh, the, the topic for me really is that is my focus. I mean, my mind, to talk about squirming, my mind is always scattered. It's all over the place. Um, I've always my, I guess in my later years, really had a hard time focusing. I'm just, I have a million things going on all the time. It gets me fatigued. It gets me down. I've been practicing a more uh, spiritual lifestyle recently, but I get uh, very disheartened at times. You know, I have my ups and my downs. And uh, sometimes I think I'm ADD. Sometimes I think I'm not. But uh, like now I can ask you a million questions, but I'm going to start by asking about um, rhodiola. I went to Vitamin Life, a friend took me over there, and they really recommended the rhodiola for uh, fatigue and for concentration, and I was wondering what you knew about that and if that may or may not actually uh, help me. Okay, it's a great topic, this idea of focus. So before I talk about rhodiola, I'll say that many times when people have a difficult time focusing, it has more to do with the fact that they need to ground. Mm -hmm. So... Um, rhodiola is a good choice overall because the herbs I would recommend most would be roots because roots help you ground. Okay, and this is golden root, if I'm not mistaken? Yes, that's true, and it's also called Russian ginseng. Right, okay. So rhodiola is one of the herbs in the grouping called adaptogens. It helps the body adapt to stress. And sometimes the focus that we can't get is because we're too stressed or pulled in too many directions which gets us a little bit frenetic in the brain. So what rhodiola can do is actually, one, ground you because it's a root itself. And number two, it can support your own body's output of cortisol. And cortisol will allow you to um, work more effectively in all your organ systems, including your brain. Okay. Hey, I want some of that. That sounds great. (laughs) Well, part of... The issue is, I mean, for instance, I'm halfway into, I think, every one of Marie's radio shows. I'm halfway into three or four books, a few audio books, and, you know, my focus. I'm really, at this point in my life, trying to find my passion. And even though I think I'm good at what I've been doing all my life, I'm starting to think that's not it. And I'll be in love with something one minute, and then, okay, on to the next idea, on to the next idea. So my mind just constantly scattered, and... Um, focusing has always been difficult as a result. And, and I think, and this is where I think I, I, Marie might be able to chime in, I, I think that I may, although I've been doing this my whole life, that sometimes I feel like maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Um, well, I, I love the fact that whatever you have been doing has made you happy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with be, beginning to feel not as happy with what you're doing, because it's just a sign that there's something else for you to do in the world. And it sounds like intuitively you've picked up on that well. And perhaps you're just patiently waiting, but not sure how to really um, connect to something. This lack of focus that you talked about, it's really all about fear. 
It's a defense mechanism. You know, sometimes we have addictions to certain processes and ways of being in life that that keep us away from our destiny or our true passion or joys. And, and that's all about the ego as well, because the ego and fear to me are the very same thing. And so we are um, evolving away from ego. It, it definitely will not happen in my lifetime, but maybe our great, 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 great grandchildren. I don't know. And uh, and so when the ego is being threatened, it raises its head and yells even louder. And so as you become perhaps um, in those moments where you're like questioning your your career path, that may be when the focus becomes even stronger, you know, where this lack of focus becomes more on your plate, your inability to really connect. And so what I would recommend when, when this is happening to you is to take several, several deep breaths. And the cone that you... Um, spoke about earlier is about know what that is. <laughs> right and, but maybe the, the some of our listeners don't know and many many people have this it's a it's a symbolic to me of self-criticism and so it you know meaning that you don't believe that you're all about this wonderful person that you truly are and so maybe while you're taking deep breaths and telling yourself reminding yourself again of the truth that you are a wonderful human being that will quiet down the ego and in fact one of my friends has told me this before and I think it's a great tool is when the ego is coming and alarming you and setting off all these you know warning symbols you can thank the ego thank you very much for that information but I'm going to choose to sit here right now take a few deep breaths and tell my being how wonderful I am Right. And that might help you to focus because it's about being in the present moment, which, of course, the rooting and the herb that you um, purchased is all about. Well, a part of the thing also is I think I let other people, people clients I have and people I'm working with before constantly uh, control how I feel. And I'm trying to get away from that because that kind of scatters my mind. I am also reading A New Earth, speaking about ego. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and uh, But, you know, it, be, it does become frustrating when sometime last year when I started uh, – some courses, Marie. I will be going to your course up in your class up in Bellingham. Wonderful, as well. thank you. Wonderful. And, and my meditations were going. You know, t- looking at the spiritual side, were much deeper, and I was feeling and getting a lot more. And at times, it feels like, and that's why I attended last night with the spirit guides. Mm. It, 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 it sometimes I'm just shut off, and I just feel shut off, and it makes me impatient, and it gets me down, and I need to figure out a way to get through that. So I'm kind of looking for every possible course of action. Okay, well, I have another course of action for you. Eric, you can actually take your shoes off. Oh, yeah, this is a good one. Every morning when you wake up and walk on the grass barefoot for about five to ten minutes. And hopefully you have less weeds than I do. It won't be as prickly. (laughs) (laughs) This is a walking meditation that just hooks you right into the earth or even the new earth. Mm. And then one other option that I would put out there for you or anybody else listening would be that most of the time connecting with yourself is about connecting with your source, whatever your source is. So and, there's, and I am trying, believe mm-hmm. me. Well, here's a support or some help. There is a herb called centella, okay. centella, C-E-N-T-E-L-L-A. The Latin name is, um, um, whoops, I forget. I won't know, sorry. <laughs> anyway, centella. And in the, in the Hindu tradition, they actually call this herb Brahmi. Okay. And Brahmi will actually open up your crown chakra and okay. get you connected more to your source. So if you're walking on the grass with your feet planted firm and you open your crown chakra, you have a clear channel to run everything up and down your spine Wonderful. and release what you need to and hold on to what you need to to focus. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. 
And, well, and then just be patient with yourself. You know, it's it takes practice to learn to be present with you and not feel like you have to run and go do another thing. It's not something that happens overnight. Whenever we're changing our behaviors and our belief system, it takes practice. So be patient with yourself. And you're talking to somebody who comes from a, a you know, old school negative outlook. I know. And, and impatience. <laughs> you know? I know. And, and so I, I fight it and go back and forth and back and forth. And I'm, I am trying to be as, uh, as tolerant and as patient as I can. And I admire one of the things, a few of the discussions last night and from the class before, people who are questioning their job or they're not really finding their source of happiness. And, and I've heard you many several times just say, okay, just do it. You know, just leave if that's... Uh, Jump off the that. cliff. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, you know, I, but I'm too right now still too left brain which i'm trying to lose <laughs> and and i just i wish i had the you know what to do that mm-hmm. and, I, and i don't and i'm just wondering if maybe you feel or feel something or see something that maybe is pointing me toward taking that leap or should i finally get a little bit uh, gutsy for once in my life well i think one thing that'll be helpful is beginning to change some of your language i've been listening to the way you describe yourself saying i'm trying which the universe doesn't like that word trying it right. can't see it so that I am, I'm working on this, I'm, I'm making positive changes, okay. you know, and noticing if like, you know, I come from this negative family, which of course is a true part of your history, but not just letting that be something that describes who you are. Like I came from this negative family, but I'm so much different than my family, you know, mm. starting to change your language in a more positive way can begin to affect the energy in your cells and your beautiful focus. Okay. Okay. I think that'll be helpful. I do think that where, where, where you're heading is spiritual, quite frankly. So um, something within the spiritual field in some way, shape, or form, whether it's writing, speaking, um, a modality, I don't know, but somehow coaching, I'm not really sure because you already do consulting, so that could be something that's down the path. It's funny because when the woman who you were speaking to last night was talking about her coaching career, it was something that that kind of sparked my interest, but I I don't feel that that's what I would be doing, but I think... I think you're right, and uh, I will take your advice. In a couple classes ago, I said something, and you pointed out my uh, negative verbiage as well. So ah, you, okay. So another uh, reminder. I, 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 I am making changes. How's that? Perfect. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we love it. Thank you so much, Eric, and I look Thanks. forward to seeing you in August. Uh, same here. Thanks, Marie. Thanks, Rob. Bye, Bye, Eric. So um, tonight we've been talking about teenage health issues as well. And one of the things we discussed about, and we even talked a little bit with Tom too, is university campuses and the pressure there is on kids to drink and party and perhaps make life choices that they wouldn't normally make. The, the you know Probably the pressure in frats and sororities and all of these things. I know what I do because I have two kids at Washington State. And, and then, of course, I'll have um, Mina will be at the U. Every once in a while, I call the kids and I'll say, okay, your liver's looking a little toxic to me. You need to not drink this weekend. And, and they'll agree, yeah, you're right. I did kind of overdo it the following <laughs> weekend. And, and so what are your thoughts on, on this, Robin? Well, I think the pressure is a really big part because they want to be accepted. It's a social pressure. And we can give our kids some clear boundaries or clear ideas that can support their livers because the liver is the main organ that's being affected when you're drinking a lot of alcohol. So the first thing is, for every drink you have, have one glass of water along with it. Ah. And if they did that, they would be flushing out a lot more of the alcohol and the cumulative effect would be less. And their bellies would be kind of full, so maybe they wouldn't drink as much. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what, what do you think, Tom? Do you think that's possible, the drinking less with more water? I do that. Ah. I do that. Like when it's at the end of the night and it's time for me to start sobering up and 
get it all out of me. I, I mean, alcohol dehydrates the body. It's you know Absolutely that's just that's does. just science. You just gotta yep. you gotta rehydrate. And because I mean, I like I like beer. I don't. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I <laughs> like beer. Fine. But uh, you know, it, it helps you if you have been drinking a lot and. It will definitely lessen that beer headache in the morning where you're like, oh, my God, well, give me the Tylenol. Yeah. And so. if you don't drink in between, you can at least drink one glass before you go to bed. Yeah, And then totally. another one when you get up. And if you put vitamin C in that morning yeah. cup of, of water, you'll help a lot to... A glass of OJ or something. Well, I'd take the vitamin C instead. Huh? Yeah, yeah, stronger. Yeah, the, the vitamin C in orange juice is pretty small in, in terms of milligrams. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll make up one of the things that orange juice from the little concentrate containers and then drink the whole thing in like a day. And I'm sure that helps. So the other thing that's really important is milk thistle. Mm-hmm. And milk thistle is a herb that we can have our teenagers on if they are going to drink or ourselves right. um, on a regular basis because it's hepatoprotective. It protects the liver cells from damage. That's and it also helps regenerate damaged liver cells. So we get a double support. Dose. I knew that regenerated or assisted in that, but I had no idea that it protected the liver. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. And and uh, when we were off uh, mic earlier, we were talking to Tom about the pressure that there is for boys, you know, yeah. in the frats to to be the man of the campus. Well, I don't know anything about frats because I've never been in one, but uh-huh. I've always looked at that whole mentality as being very silly. Uh-huh. It's very ridiculous to me <laughs> that uh, somebody would let them compromise their own self mm-hmm. and do something that they don't necessarily believe is something cool to do or, you know, right. it's not right or whatever, you know, whatever moral obligation that they already have. If it's going against that, you shouldn't. Right. You never compromise your own beliefs. Right. Or so that's like, about being strong in yourself. Yeah, totally. Right. Like it, they got to, I think there's a self-confidence that they need to have that. Absolutely. And something that parents can talk to their children when they're home from school or on the phone, you know, are, are you doing what is in your best interest or in something that feels really good to you? Yeah. Not wanting to spoil their fun, but just wanting them to be safe and, and yeah. make great choices. Oh, because I'm all about fun. Yeah. But I mean, I'm at the same time, I won't compromise, you know, my right. moral standings for, right. you know, right. social acceptability or like being the hot dude around town or whatever you know i could <laughs> the hot never guy see. on campus yeah huh? i could never see myself right. doing that so <laughs> okay. and it's the same for women i think right. women yeah. just have to stand up for who they are right and they're smart they're beautiful they're yeah. intelligent selves and not compromise that so that they can get accepted either in women's circles or by the men on the campus yeah i right. think it once you really like realize that you know what i really am that cool <laughs> you know what once you really like realize that and act and you're not just saying it to yourself but you're like yeah i'm kind of kicking butt right now you know like that's good and when you know that you're confident in yourself and you don't feel the need to the pressure yeah Mm -hmm. to bend to other people's pressures that they're like you got to do this you got to do that and you're like nah man i don't need to do that yeah so yeah i have one more nutritional tip okay and then we'll go to our we're gonna drink we'll go to our next which is to eat protein before Uh you go out drinking oh and why is that because the protein is digested in the body and gives you fuel, and the fuel metabolizes your system faster. Wonderful. Excellent. So we've got great tips. We'll have to go over these tips again uh, before New Year's Eve. I think that'll be important. (laughs) So why don't we go ahead and go to our caller on the line? Okay, we've got Mara on the line from Seattle. Hi, Mara. Hello. Hi, thank you for waiting. Sure. Great. What can we do for you tonight? Um, I have a question about emotional components of migraine headaches. Okay. Yeah, and I also want to say the show tonight has been fascinating. I've learned so much. Oh, wonderful. It's been a great show. Great. 
It's wonderful having Robin in town. She is a, a walking wealth of information. It's yeah. just wonderful. So uh, I, I have had increasing um, frequency and severity of migraine headaches well, for about two years. Uh-huh. And at the point that it really got quite bad, you know, one or two times a week, and really interfering with me being a, a mom and my life, um, I it started to get better. I made a lot of lifestyle and diet changes. I did the body ecology diet. Right. Actually, you wrote me recently. I did, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I thought, and I hadn't had a migraine for you know several months, and I was doing body ecology diet and part raw foods diet and you know some cleansing and, and hadn't had a migraine for a few months, and I thought I was finished with it. And then um, a relative came into town to stay with us, and she came into town to stay with us. And the first night she stayed, I got a terrible migraine headache, and then she went away to Canada for a few days, and she came back today, and I have a, a migraine mm. right now. And I got a migraine again when she came back into town, and um, I think that the, the physical reason for the migraine has been you know, partly resolved with all the cleansing I did, and I'm just so surprised at why this why this cropped up again, and wondering if you have any any insight into into that. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, I have seen you in my office, and we talked yeah. about this before. And I believe that migraines are connected to one's intuition. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what is your intuition telling you about this relative who came to visit? Your emotions about it, the conversations that the two of you had, or the lack of conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, because intuition, truly, in my opinion, is really about deeply knowing and understanding yourself Mm -hmm. and because intuition is primarily a tool for each individual to use in their life Um, some people may use it also professionally as I do but intuition is made as a a tool Mm -hmm. and I believe all people are intuitive but those who get migraines are generally very intuitive and they're blocking their intuition Mm -hmm. so when I ask you that question what comes to to mind um Gosh, my intuition is that I, 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 the only thing I can think of is that it would be a better situation if she wasn't staying with us. Great. That I allowed her to, into my home and I, I, I didn't say what I meant, what I wanted. I, I didn't want her staying with us, but I thought it would be the right thing and the gracious thing to have her stay with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had, sometimes people ask if they can spend time with me in my home when they're in town. Mm-hmm. And if it's not a, a win-win situation for me, I say no to even some of my closest friends, even to some of their relatives. And does it make me feel uncomfortable at the moment? Absolutely. You know, but I feel so, so much relief after I um, speak my truth. And, and people who know me know me that, you know, I'm, that's my job is to follow my truth and, and honor um, my choices in life, and and also that is positive for them. I think ultimately, I think what you do when you do something good for you, it's good for others. I think there's a strong component between this woman mm-hmm. and your mom. Mm-hmm. This is my mother-in-law. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> so there's a strong component between. I think there was some lack of recognition b- between your mother and yourself. You because know, intuitive people, all children are very intuitive, and there are people who have been working on their intuition for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So some people kind of show up on the earth plane a little bit more intuitive than others at, you know, during this lifetime, let's say. And sometimes parents are um, challenged by their naturally intuitive children, and, and they f- may feel that they have to be the ones in charge and the ones making the rules and the ones bringing the insight rather than being shown the light <laughs> by their child. And so this woman, I think, pushes buttons um, that are similar in your relationship with your mom. Mm. That's just how I'm feeling about it. But what are your thoughts, Robin? 
Well, Mara, first I want to congratulate you in being able to see that there's a physical and an emotional component to the migraine headaches. Yeah. And you know, the diet is the first place to start cleaning things up. But there's one other area that I would say you might want to look at if, they're, if you're not getting complete resolution and you're working the emotional side, and that's the hormonal side. And are the migraine headaches related at all to your monthly cycles, your menstrual cycles, and what's going on for you in relation to that? Mm. Um, well, I, I, uh, this happened after the birth of my son, and so I haven't, I've been breastfeeding, and I haven't, he's just turned two, and haven't had my cycle back yet. So I haven't been able to see if there's a, a hormonal correlation. Oh, the onset was after the birth of your mm-hmm. son. Uh-huh. Which is hormonal as well. Yeah, so yeah. your hormones shifted somewhere in the pregnancy and birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe getting those hormones back into balance. See, there's an interesting correlation between the third eye and the second chakra. And the second chakra governs your ovaries, right, mm-hmm. and your adrenal glands. So that's a hormonal component. And, and it's because the second chakra is all about passion and joy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think for you, when you use your intuition, it brings you more joy, like not having someone stay in your home when it doesn't feel right to you. Right, because then that contracts the second chakra even more and could cause some repression to your hormonal system. Hmm. Yeah, uh, because the second chakra is about your emotions. It vibrates to the second layer of the field that's in, in your aura. And when you are in touch with your emotions and aware of them and expressing them and acknowledging them, that allows you to be more joyful in life. Mm-hmm. So you get to run for your energy in your pelvic cavity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an interesting correlation. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah, so one of the ways to balance hormones, just very simply is to use um, very basic herbs like dandelion root Mm -hmm. that you can drink as a tea, Mm -hmm. and you can even put burdock in with it. Mm -hmm. And that combination will will move the liver. Mm -hmm. And the the liver is the place where hormones are conjugated and then eliminated from the body. So it'll get you some movement and remove any stagnation there. And a lot of times there's a liver stagnation relationship with migraine headaches. Well, it sounds like you are absolutely moving forward, making excellent choices. <laughs> and congratulations for the nice vacation you had from your migraine headaches. And congratulations for noticing a correlation between a visitor and the onset of them. Because 50% of the work is, is acknowledgement or observation of what you're going through. And you never have to finish everything 100% to get it resolved. <laughs> so congratulations. Okay. That's good. Thank you so much for calling. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye, Mara. And I want to thank um, Dr. De Pasquale for coming in the studio tonight. Thank you so much for coming on the air. And we got to have this wonderful rapport with our listeners. Uh, thank you so much, Robin. It's so fun. I'll come anytime. Excellent. You know that when you're in town, I'll grab you. <laughs> um, I just also want to let our listeners know that um, and at the end of September, starting September 30th through October 4th, I will be in Eugene, Oregon. I go there every year and I teach Um, numerous classes. I'll be teaching four classes, um, Manifest Your Goals and Dreams, Embrace Your Intuition, The Paranormal and Bridging Worlds, Expanding Your Healing Potential, and um, Change Your Beliefs, Change Your Life. I will also be seeing clients during that time. So if you're in Eugene and you want an appointment, this is the time to call the office before the schedule is full because I'm only there for one week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to the show. Thank you for all of our international listeners as well. We welcome you to the Marie Manu Cherry Show here in Seattle, Washington. I will be back this time next week live um, to talk about self-love. So have a wonderful and safe night and joyful blessings. Good night.
views expressed on the preceding program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or...